Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm coming to you after the Hawks 136-135 overtime win over the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right, the Hawks welcomed the number one team in the NBA to State Farm Arena and beat them in overtime. The number one team. Well, Hawks didn't really face the number one team. The Bucks brought the weirdness today. No Giannis. No Chris Middleton. No Eric Bledsoe. They rolled with eight players. They played Tim Frazier 53 minutes in a 53-minute game. He played every second. So this was a weird game. The Bucks were in rest for the postseason mode, and at times it was a weird game, and there were other weird things about this game, and we're going to get into them in plenty of detail. But let's start with the three stars. Uh, for the third star, let's go with Justin Anderson. Another nice effort from Justin Anderson on the heels of UVA making the Final Four. I'm sure he's quite excited about that. He did his post-game interviews in his UVA varsity jacket. Uh, Anderson had a season-high 24 points, a career-high 12 rebounds. That's actually hard to believe. I mean, he elevates so well. I guess it's just a matter and a function of getting minutes. He played 31 minutes in this one and came out with uh, 12 rebounds. Also had three assists and two steals. When the Hawks were lagging early, he brought a lot of the energy, as did DeAndre Bembry. Uh, made 9 of 16 shots, and he made 4 of 8 threes, and uh, the Hawks took a lot of threes. We'll get to that in, in a moment, too. Uh, but you know, he, he was one of the players that starting hitting threes when, number one, the Hawks weren't hitting all that many, and number two, you know, it, it, it gave the Hawks a little bit of momentum after they got absolutely flogged in the first quarter uh, by a 43-26 margin. And honestly, you know, earlier in the first quarter, it was worse than that. It was 29-9 at one point. So a good effort from uh, Justin Anderson. For the second star, let's go with Alex Len. He hit the shot that forced overtime. And after the game, he was asked about it. Uh, I mean, it was nothing. It was just, you know, you got to give credit to Trey. He got the rebound. And I just popped through the three because we was down three, so I was ready to shoot. And all credit to him, just, you know, trusting it, uh, have trust in me and just making that play. Talk a little bit about your energy tonight. Um, I mean, we, going into the game, we knew there was resting guys. And, and we just, you know, treat it as a, uh, another game and just try to play hard and, you know, give it a good is it is it more fun to be in a game where the two teams try 116 three pointers if you're taking three pointers yourself now? Yeah, definitely more fun when you're shooting them than, <laughs> than running around trying to get rebounds. But uh, I remember we talked at the beginning of the year and uh, Aiden to my game and coach had to trust a lot of, like, a lot of trust in me uh, developing the three point shot and now it finally paying off. Just talk about how this team was able to settle down after a rough start, battle back, get to overtime and win. I mean, with old, I think our first game of the season was the same way. We was down 26 and we came back and won it. So we have, we know we got it in us. So we just got to, you know, stick with the game plan and, you know, keep getting stops, keep getting stops. And, uh, I mean, we're good offensively. We know if we, keep, if we turn, uh, turn around on offense, we, we're going to get back in the game. Was it unusual seeing that much zone defense in an NBA game? Yes. I, was, I, I couldn't believe it. I think it was, they did it for three straight quarters, and then they switched it up a couple times. But 
I never seen nothing like this. Uh, I have one more. Oh, I remember what it was. Uh, you didn't play Friday. Was that just like kind of like a load maintenance, kind of rest you up a little bit? I guess because they knew they was going to shut Dwayne down because of his injury. And right. My minutes going to be going a lot. Of, like my minutes about to Scott um, play a lot more. Mm -hmm. So they just, they decided to probably just you know rest me for a couple of game, days, just let my body get well and finish the year strong and play a lot of minutes. So I know it's not the greatest of circumstances, but you're looking forward to kind of a big finish as the starting center here for a few games. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to you know be on the court and play and play. That's what that's what I like to do, play basketball. And the more time I get, I mean, anybody want to spend time on the court than on the bench. Thank you. Thanks. We'll come back to the Deadman injury in a minute, but uh, first, you know, just on Len's performance today, 10 of 15 shots, three of six threes. He finished with 23 points and six rebounds. That's the 11th time this season that Len has had 19 or more points. Uh, so that he's clearly, ha you know, capable of having some some big scoring outbursts. Uh, the Bucks were playing zone, so that you know changed the look and the feel of this game and opened up some opportunities for Alex Len. But he made the most of them. He, you know, the only thing you, maybe you could say on the negative side is that early in the game. He had a few troubles with turnovers, especially trying to dribble and or you know move with the ball. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I think Alex Len gave you everything that you could have asked for in this one. The number one starts pretty obvious, right? Uh, Trey Young. He struggled with his shot. He made five of 19 shots, three of 17 until the last 6.6 .6 seconds of overtime. Uh, but. You know, he hit two huge shots down the stretch. Uh, he kind of got trapped in the corner on the first of his two shots that he hit at the end of overtime, but he wiggled his way out of the corner, and from an angle where he was seemingly, you know, behind the backboard, he kind of right-armed a floater and put it up there to give the Hawks the, the, the lead. And then when there was only a second, you know, 1.1 second left, the Hawks, you know, threw a lob to John Collins, and Trey Young came in, scooped the deflection, and had the presence of mind to get up the shot before he landed. Otherwise, the clock expires with the ball in his hands. Uh, but he, he, he caught it in midair and shot it before he landed, and, and that little floater went in. Here's what Trey said afterward about the game winner and about facing his own defense. So that last play was drawn up for, for John. And, um, I mean... I knew it was probably going to get tipped because uh, Lopez was right there and I, mean, I knew he was going to try to tip it out and so for me I just wanted to come back to the ball and hopefully it, it came back to me uh, so I could get a shot off real quick. Trey, what does a win like this do? You guys are down 23 points. I mean, it just shows the, the resilience of our team. Uh, it just shows, I mean, the fight of our team, how much we don't quit and uh, we're going to fight to the last buzzer. Uh, we could have either just gave up the, I mean, one second left in the game, uh, but we knew there was time left, and for us, we just were going to play to the last buzzer. What do you think about facing a zone for 53 minutes, maybe not for you, but team-wise? Yeah, I mean, it's different. Uh, you don't usually get that type of game, uh, but for us, I think it's good because a lot of teams have been running zone against us. And uh, for us, we've got to find ways to attack it and um, play well against it. So uh, I think it was good for us, um, but it was definitely different. 
How do you stay composed to get the two shots right there at the end after a game where you maybe struggled for most of it? Uh, I stay confident. Uh, for me, I, I know uh, I didn't play well as far as shooting. Um, but for me, it's all about the next shot. And uh, it only takes one or two to get me going. And luckily, my last two went in. So uh, that, that's how my mindset is. It's easy to focus on the, the five for 19 aspect of Trey Young's game. And so he didn't really have a shot going, but, you know, facing that zone defense, and again, a zone defense probably isn't going to force a ton of turnovers unless you're trying to force things where they shouldn't be forced. But Trey Young finished this game with 16 assists and one turnover. That's pretty darn outstanding. Um, you know, we're at the point of the season now where when Trey has a big assist game, he's making some milestones today. He passed Jason Kidd and Chris Paul on the all-time single-season rookie assist list. He moved into 12th place. And, you know, if you look at the 11 players who had more assists than Trey Young as a rookie, they were all older than 20 years old. Looking at that list of players, players who had more assists than Trey Young in their rookie season, Ben Simmons and Ennis Watley were 20, 21 years old, and everyone else was either 22 years old, like Oscar Robertson, Phil Ford, Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway Sr., uh, Damon Stoudemire. Those guys were 22 years old, and then some others, guys who played four years in college, like Sermon Douglas, uh, Ernie DeGregorio, they were 23 years old. So Trey Young is the first 20-year-old rookie to have as many assists as he has had. Uh, Chris Paul was the previous record holder for assists as a 20-year-old rookie. Trey Young passed him in this game. 16 assists and one turnover for Trey Young. That's, that's a nice outcome regardless of what else, wherever else was happening in any other parts of the game. You probably heard me asking Alex Lynn about this earlier, but for emphasis, this game had a lot of weirdness. The Bucks only played eight players. They played a zone defense. Tim Frazier played every second of the game, 53 minutes in all. And the Hawks and Bucks combined to shoot an NBA record 116 three-point shots. After the game, I asked Vince Carter and Lloyd Pierce what they thought about seeing 116 three-point attempts. Do you have any thoughts on there being 116 three-point attempts in an yeah, NBA game? Yeah, well, that's what happens when you put a zone out there. You know, there's a lot of holes, there's a lot of opportunities. Um, they're, they lead the league, I think, in three-point attempts. They're second to Houston uh, anyway, and, and we're pretty much up there as well. And so, you, you know, throw a zone out there, we're going to get a lot of early looks and a lot of easy looks. Uh, and when they space the floor the way they do, not a lot of pick and rolls. Um, so if we have to over help, if we get beat off the dribble, they're spraying it out. So it's almost expected in this game against this team. What do you think about an NBA game with 116 three-point attempts? Really? Yeah, that was the record. I mean, it was, I mean they started off hot. I mean, you could tell they, that's kind of was their goal to get the three-point shot in the zone. You know, when you play against the zone, sometimes that's kind of what they're 
They're trying to, to give up is the three-point shot. And started to um, hit some shots, kind of open up. But it started off just trying to get in the paint, in the paint, get some going, get some momentum. And you know, once a few three-point shots fell for us, it was a different game. So the Bucks brought all the weirdness. Mike Budenholzer playing eight players, throwing out his own defense, playing Tim Frazier every second. Uh, no, Eric, no Eric Bledsoe, no Giannis, no Chris Middleton. Uh, Bonzi Colson started and played 41 minutes. Uh, had 15 points and 16 rebounds. So he, he definitely did some work on the boards. Uh, but just, just a very weird game overall and very interesting to hear the surprise in Vince Carter's voice about setting that record and not quite but almost the disdain in Lloyd Pierce's voice about, you know, this is what we had to do against his own defense. That's what's there. Uh, they're packing the paint. you got to shoot over them. And, you know, the Hawks took 61 threes, only made 22 of them, so 36.1%. Uh, that clearly went up over the course of the game. Early in the game, they couldn't hit squat. Uh, honestly, you know, for a team that shoots like the Hawks do in terms of threes and volume and accuracy, 36% is probably low given the type of defense that the Bucks were playing. But at the same time, it's, it's just weird playing against the zone. You know, the how and the where and the timing and the feel all changes when you play against a zone defense. So, uh, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing where if they were to do it over and over again, the Hawks would shoot better from three against his own defense. But, you know, and a one-off, it's just kind of a weird feel and probably disrupts timing and flow. Uh, again, you know, something you probably heard when I was talking to Alex Len, Dwayne Dedman is out for the season. A wonderful, just tremendous season from Dedman in terms of, you know, setting screens, making threes, you know, doing work with Trey Young on those double drag screens, you know, getting rebounds, being a rim protector. You know, he just gave the Hawks so much flexibility in terms of what he can do, where he can be on the floor on offense, where he can be on the floor on defense. You know, as a seven-foot player, that's just a tremendous amount of versatility. Uh, so a great season from Deadman uh, in, in his pregame press conference, Lloyd Pierce made it sound like the non-surgical treatment that he was going to undergo was some sort of injection. So it looks like Alex Len will be the starting center today and for the final five regular season games, or some portion of them, unless you know he gets hurt or shut down, something like that. When asked before the game about what he would do in terms of center minutes, Lloyd Pierce said that it, you know Alex Len would be the starter. Deontay Davis is going to be the backup. And, you know, the Hawks would do some experimentation in small doses with John Collins at the five. If you look at the numbers for today in a 53-minute game, Alex Len played 27 minutes. Deontay Davis played 21 and a half minutes. You know, so that left about four and a half minutes for John Collins at center today. I suspect we'll see something like that moving forward for the remainder of these games. Again, you know, barring some other injury change in the roster going forward because that's this is the time of season where weird things happen. And if anything does happen, it's usually from now until the end of the season. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that.
Victorian Prince was initially listed as the starter for this game, but shortly after Pierce said that he would be starting, there was an injury update that he wouldn't play in this one. So that was a little bit confusing. I don't think it's anything too drastic if, if you take into consideration what Lloyd Pierce was saying about the injury going into Friday. But again, as was the case Friday, the Hawks clearly missed Torian. Uh, you know, the bench got a lot shallower without having Torian around. And while the, the, the starters shot well from three, the bench didn't. And having Torian play would have given you know, the Hawks an immeasurable boost in terms of shooting and shooting depth going into the bench. It was an interesting game from DeAndre Bembry. He was very clearly the first person to give the Hawks any kind of juice, any kind of boost, and it wasn't through shooting. I mean, the Hawks were facing that zone defense, and they couldn't shoot over it to start the game, and that left them <laughs> up a creek with no paddle. They needed to find some sort of solution, and you know, DeAndre, through defense, through some slashing, gave the Hawks a little bit of energy early. He finished with 16 points. Three assists, six rebounds, made five of ten shots. All in all, another nice game from DeAndre Bembry. He had another three steals. They were excellent steals. However, you know, in between Trey Young's two shots, he kind of gambled for a steal in a situation where ideally I think he just stays in front of the man he's trying to defend and use the clock as your friend. He kind of reached, got out of position, and that opened a driving lane uh, based on one of his gambles. So that wasn't a great play from Bembry there, but pretty much everything else was rock solid from DeAndre in this one. Today marked, I believe, four weeks from when the Amari Spellman injury update came. And, you know, that initially they said that Amari would be reevaluated in four weeks. So I asked Pierce about that today. Is there any update on Amari? I think when he was listed out, it was like they were going to reevaluate in four weeks, and I think today is four weeks. Yeah, notice uh, he's increased his workload a little bit. I, I mean, honestly, and I haven't spoken much on Amari. Um, I'm not looking for Amari to come back. Uh, I just, again, with the minute restriction, if he comes back, he's going to minute restriction, and I'd rather not play him. Uh, I don't know what we gained from playing Amari 12 minutes uh, this stage in the year. I think the biggest thing is let's get Amari healthy. And then as the season ends, you know, we're going to be asking our guys to be back here in May and we're starting, you know, a lot of body work. And I think the biggest thing is he needs to be healthy for body work and he needs to be healthy going, healthy going into all season. He will be one of the guys that I'm asking to play, some, play in summer league. And I think approaching that as if it's the second season um, is really important. So getting 12 minutes out of Amari against Indiana on April 10th is not that important. Uh, but he is. He's on the court. He's shooting. He's doing some movement. Um, but it's just like any other injury. We're just, you know, you see him one day and you see how he responds the next day and then you can see if you can progress a little bit more. So it sounds like we won't be seeing any more Amari Spellman this season. However, uh, Pierce made it pretty clear in that clip that he expects Spellman to be one of the participants in Summer League. So that's certainly something to look forward to. All right, that's all I got for this one. Please, as always, subscribe, rate, review, tune in again. Uh, we're happy to have you here listening, and we hope you'll continue to listen to ATL and 29. Hope to see you again sometime soon.